0: Welcome to the Cosec Show. Join the Cosec Kadari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively email info at cosec.com.au exclusively on this show each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick for more information on any of the topics discussed go to cosec.com.au the information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances needs or objectives guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.
1: Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee and welcome to the COSEC Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performers for the week that was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. As always, before I go any further, allow me to introduce you. My panel of experts and resident experts on the market. To my left, the ever wonderful Caroline Wong. Back as always, the ever stoic Gabriel Ryan. And of course, the ever mystic Mr. Louis Mossman. Welcome, ladies and gents. It's been a interesting week. It's been a bit of a bullish week. Things have been sort of moving in a positive direction. How's everyone been feeling this week? We're all in fine spirits.
2: I think our emotions follow the markets so we're all feeling pretty good. (laughs) Well
1: it's good because I imagine there's some people that have been affected by those floods which are not looking so good at the moment. I mean that is absolutely horrific. We're really getting a rough time of it haven't we? We've got fires last year, we had COVID later that year. So last year we had fires, Mm -hmm. then we had COVID, now we've got floods. What on on earth is going on?
3: Signs of the end times Will.
1: (laughs) Signs of the end times, don't say that too much mate but (laughs) <laughs> the market, on the other hand, has been moving in a positive direction quite nicely. We have been going up. Are we up for the week, Caroline? We're mm, up. Uh, do we 1. have we got five percent? One point five percent for the week. That's very very good. What's the US? Is that up as well? Or US? Yeah, what's yeah, it's up. Okay, so but it's everything
4: is all time high. So.
1: Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. So everything sort of any big sort of news topics that we're sort of going to be discussing throughout today. I mean, obviously. This is a jam-packed podcast. I mean, please stick around right to the very end because this is really a uh, jam-packed podcast. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack and a lot of stuff to discuss. We're going to start off with the vaccination rollout. Mm-hmm. Caroline, I'm going to jump straight over to yourself. When can I get my injection? I want to go on holiday. Oh, that,
4: that depends on how old you are. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not
1: going to tell people how old I am, but... Uh, yeah. Okay,
4: I don't have a chart this week, but I do have a picture of a global map. So it's going to test our geographic skills. Um, if we pull up the picture, we can see that there are different shades of green. So the darkest shades actually just mean that more doses have been administered. So globally, more than 500 million doses have been administered. So that's across 140 countries. What is immediately apparent is that the dark green, it's US. So And more Chile.
1: Is that right? Chile? Chile, yeah. yeah Chile's up there as why well. Why is Chile up there so much? Jeepers. Why, why have they? Why, why have they been vaccinated so heavily cold over there? Cold, cold. Cold. <laughs> well, Ch- I
3: think Chile is one of the more developed South American yeah. economies, so they probably have you know better infrastructure.
1: I love that. We all came up with silly answers. Gabe always ever start. Gabe <laughs> yeah, yeah. comes in there with a more realistic answer. <laughs> and what's that big? That big one above? It's in America, uh, just underneath Alaska. Was that somewhere in Canada? Mm. That big? I, I think, think that's so. that's part of Alaska as well. That's part of Alaska So That must be Vancouver. Roughly Vancouver,
2: or? no, no, Vancouver is in Canada. Remember, isn't it? No, yes, Vancouver yes. is in, in, okay. in Canada. Good so thing I we're the in biggest finance. One, and not I, I think number that. one, Caroline will have something to say about because their stats are pretty remarkable. Oh the yes, biggest,
4: so US uh, we have actually had 133 million doses, so that's in line with President Biden's goal of more than 100 million vaccines. Um, if you look at the center, so like that green, dark green dot in the center of the picture, that's Maldives. So 227,000 doses have been administered. That covers about 30% of the population. And just bottom, towards the bottom right-hand corner of that picture, you can see Australia, 333,000 doses have been administered. That accounts about less than 1% of the total population. So we're getting there even though we are late. CSL, the locally manufactured vaccines, first batch of it has been approved um, for use on Tuesday. So that will hopefully help us get back onto track.
1: Perfect. So I mean, obviously, any any sort of news on how this ro- like side effects? Are we getting away from all those blood clots? Is everything sort of starting to smooth back out again? Haven't yeah. heard any news. So
4: um, um, I think Scott Morrison has gone ahead with it and said that I think I heard something like vaccines do not have a nationality or something. Mm. Like that. Well, <laughs> we'll just continue going. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: Very very good. I think I think the biggest. Uh, to the rollout is rising cases themselves, which yep. reduces the mobility of people. So across Europe is one of the most populated regions of the world, along with Asia, of course. Mm-hmm. Vaccines haven't been rolled out as quickly as mm-hmm. probably first intended, just for the pure fact that um, COVID cases have been going up. So I think European markets have been a little bit worried about that. It's impacted oil, most definitely. I you know Gabe will have something to say about the Suez Canal. Um, but yeah, I'd just like to bring up Israel. Um, mm-hmm. They're actually number one on global COVID case cases. COVID yes, vaccination, yep. uh, vaccinations. They've administered fifty percent of their population wow. with full, fully dosed That's with f- the vaccination. So they're the by fully far fully dosed. Like both of them were just just one vaccination, just one fully. D- it, whether it was one or two, fully.
4: Do you know oh, which it, vaccine they're using? Well, if it was not one, sure exactly. it I think
2: be, It must have been Johnson Johnson. I'm, I'm not too sure which one they have done, but fifty one percent. The next best is I'm going to butcher this name, but say Chellas. What's, do you know have you heard of that before gabriel i don't know
3: what's the spelling s-e-y-c-h-e say shells
2: say shells that was terrible but they've they've only done 32 percent, percent and that's number two so israel is far outperforming the rest of the world and we've got have done one
4: close yeah. uh, uh, we, we to one <laughs> i
2: think on monday we'll be going no face marks on public transport. Yeah. Full attendance to all arenas, nightclubs, full stadiums. We can stadiums. dance now. We can stand up exactly. in a pub
1: and we can dance. That's <laughs> <is a> great <laughs> thing. Maybe we can stand up in i yeah. stop getting big taps on the shoulder by big bouncers saying, oh, please sit down. <laughs> Listen, while we've sort of been talking here, I think earlier today we had a question that was asked, in, and it kind of pertains to sort of, I think, a, a little bit about inflation. Let's go to that right now. Let's have a, a quick look at what that uh, question is saying, because it does pertain to this a little bit. Got that up on the
2: screen. I'm not sure if the producer has it there, but I think it was. I, I re- received the question personally myself. Yep. Uh, it was actually uh, an email. I can't remember the client's name, uh, but he was asking about inflation itself. Yep. That's okay. a narrative we've been hearing a lot mm-hmm. about over the mm-hmm. last two weeks. So I did have a think about it and I've got a few things to say, but essentially he was asking, is it something we should be worried about? Because yep. Well, is it something we should be worried about? I suppose mm-hmm. that's my answer. That'll. That's what I'm trying He's to answer yeah. best I can. But he also asked, what businesses, what stocks are best to go into. Uh, you know, if we have that inflationary period that has been mm-hmm. you know, talked about a lot over the recent weeks, I think rising COVID cases in Europe and what's been happening in the Suez Canal, which Gabe will cover, has kind of dampened the story about inflation and taken it away out of the news. But I do think it is something that seriously should be closely watched out for and considered in the coming months and years as well. Now, the main reason I say that is inflation is really dependent on people spending money. And that's not something we're having right now. Savings rates are at the highest levels they've been in over 10 years, and that's for individuals and businesses alike. So people aren't investing and spending their money as quickly as governments have intended, simply for the fact that we're in a period of time where people are probably a bit uncertain. So obviously, if you received a lot of JobKeeper payments, you're probably holding back a lot of that. You're not going out spending it at the at nightclubs, pubs, on new TVs, simply for the fact well, because you can't at the moment, of course. You can't until money. recently, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, you're all, people are a bit uncertain. They don't they want to have that cash, uh, just in case anything happens. They lose their job. There's more COVID rounds of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so savings rates are high. It we rely on you know spending for inflation to go up. So I want to bring up a chart uh, of money supply. So money supply mm-hmm. is obviously. Um, the total amount of money that's being pumped into the economy essentially over the last 12 months we've had two parties that are impacting this quite heavily and as you can see over the last 12 months there has been an acceleration in the total money supply in the top major countries across the world so for first of all we've got uh, government stimulus which is obviously governments borrowing money and distributing that through a variety of channels and secondly we've got monetary policy which is central banks printing money Buying government bonds and other assets, so increasing the total uh, money supply. Within. Now, if you don't know already, how that causes inflation, I like to summarize it down into one simple statement. So, essentially, if you've got more money and the same amount of goods and services, you've got more money competing for the same amount of goods yeah, and services. Right, right. So, obviously, prices are going to have to go up. Yes. Now, because people are saving more, savings rates are higher. Technically, there's not more money demanding those goods and services for prices to go up. So, once we get that economic recovery and people feel confident that the money that they say can be spent because they've got confidence in the future that's when we'll see inflation so it's dependent on a lot of factors just just to place so a little bit of a contra- contrarian play through there is there
1: is there some argument to be made that the world in general is going to be is becoming more uncertain like if we go back to the 1990s i'm sure there was more and more people that were in jobs for a very, very long time. 80s, even more so than that. 70s, there were people that were in careers forever. A lot of people now say that in the 2000s, 2010 plus, more recently, it is not uncommon for people to switch careers four or five times. This whole idea of going back and studying, this whole idea of upskilling and moving to a different role, different companies, different position, is up there. So is there more uncertainty in the world in
2: general? And will that play... Well, no, for sure. The environment and the landscape that the world is in right now and sectors are you know developing rapidly mm. and we're advancing at a pace that's never been seen before in human history. And that's a, a fact that everyone's pretty well aware of. Yeah, so Obviously, that's the case. I think a bigger factor is, is, and what's causing high savings rates, is a high level of underemployment in Australia. So you've yeah. got unemployment, which is falling rapidly, and that's if you have a job. But underemployment, if you've got you enough, you want to work more. You, you want to work. work more, so you, you you're working. You've got a job, but you don't have enough to sustain and support your lifestyle. So obviously, people, if they don't have enough, and if they're not, I suppose they don't have enough, not working enough hours. Mm. They've got mm. a job, but they're not working enough hours. They're probably likely to save a bit more because their uncertainty about casual work is obviously going to affect them. So uh, that could be a reason why savings rate rates are rising. I'd like to go into the second part of the question quickly. Wow, it's a long one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what? businesses are going to do well and where do you want to invest in a high inflationary period? So you've got the the standard five or six sectors. So you go banks, gold, property trusts and commodities. Now I'll be very ambiguous like Lindsay always is and say it's very dependent and very specific to what type of inflation we have and other macroeconomic factors. So I won't make a comment and a prediction because we don't know what's um, coming and where inflation is going to be impacted the most. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, but definitely something to watch out for. But don't be concerned about it right now. Have it in the back of your mind.
1: Very good. Well, let's take a big jump right now over to the other side of the world because I want to jump straight over to uh, the ever stoic Gabe and have a quick chat yeah, about a boat that's yes. yeah a boat that's stuck in a canal mm. over on the other side oh, of yeah. the world and causing all sorts of strife and mischief. Oh, indeed. Give a talk. A, give a talk a little bit about that.
3: Well, uh, essentially. I mean, I'm not even sure how this happened, but um, overnight, uh, a couple of days back, uh, the ship, uh, they've called it the Ever Given, although I'm looking at a picture of it now. It says Evergreen on the <laughs> side. <laughs> Caroline's got the answer for so that, man. Caroline,
4: Evergreen is actually the name of the corporation, but uh, the name of that ship.
1: Evergreen and, Ever- and the Ever- an oil given. company, right? Uh, is this an oil ship? Is this, yeah, yeah it's an oil uh, ship. I, right? I, was,
3: I was very confused because I, I thought it was very intuitive that you would put the name of the ship on the ship, but it's actually the name of the company on the side of the ship. In any case.
1: Oh, well, you know, Mersk. You got Mersk, oh, yeah, you, um, Mersk,
3: Mersk So in, in any in, in, in any event, whatever the, whatever that is, uh, the ships block the entirety of the Suez Canal, right? So they're trying to trudge it out with all these other smaller ships. It's a really good picture that Louis uh, <laughs> it's showed. It's like a little
2: digger. I've actually, got j- it up. Um, I put it into.
3: Oh, I actually, so there. we got that. We out. got that up. Wow, look at that! Like a really little digger, just like digging uh, the sandbank out from underneath the ship. And this
1: this is a huge ship. This ship is the size of the Eiffel Tower, 400 meters long. What's it's massive. It's and and if you look at this massive. digger, it's just insane. I mean, uh, I've been I've done a lot of work on cruise ships before in the past life, and they uh, they are huge. Like you think you understand how big these things are, and then you sit next to them and you're like, how does this thing float? It's yeah, I know. So big. these are so big and i've also been up and down the sewers and the panama canal quite a few times and they're narrow there's not much space in there you'd be pretty worried if you were if you're if you're a wide ship like this one clearly is it's a so and clearly it's gone wrong what happened why did it do this just
3: well, I mean, it could just be sandbanks, right, in the um, in the canal itself. I mean, if you look at the canal, you can see some different shading there. I mean, I imagine the driver or the captain didn't just accidentally steer it into the it's side of a bit the of a canal. That would
2: be nap. embarrassing they wouldn't release that one. Yeah, one of our commodities specialists mentioned this morning, actually, uh, that, yeah, they do have to do a lot of dredging along that canal yeah. uh, simply because it's an artificial man-made structure. So they have to yeah. keep maintaining it.
3: Essentially well, I guess the major significance of this is that the Suez Canal is an incredibly strategically and I guess in terms of supply chains, a very important laneway for ships to pass through. Uh, in and out of the Mediterranean.
1: 12%, I think, of global trade or something along that line. It's,
3: it's a very significant figure, of yeah. course. And if you have a look at the way the oil prices reacted to that, you can see just the degree of significance uh, this particular channel has on oil prices moving forward. Um, so, you know, a oils uh, was moving in a slightly negative direction, had a bit of a reprieve because of this uh, untimely event in the canal. Uh, but once this is cleared up, we'll see what happens.
1: Very good. And now just what's, I mean, this is impacting oil, obviously. Now, why is it impacting oil? Because obviously the oil now has to be rerouted. Now it has to get rerouted around the Horn of Africa, which is 6,000 kilometers or it's a big chunk. And I think they're estimated, our commodity expert estimated an extra 18 days tagged onto that, obviously give or take, but it's a significant amount when you consider that Everything's down to the t, as you're as you're no doubt aware with most travel. Everything's down to the t. They have to add an extra 16 days. I think it's 12 days to get from Europe over to to wherever it's going. An Extra 16 days, you're doubling the length of the trip. That can just play havoc on supply oh, yes. and everything like that. And is that one of the reasons that we've got the oil kind of moving in a in a positive direction and then up and down? Yep.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially.
2: Yeah. yeah. You look at the last four candlesticks yeah. of oil. It's like Volatile. full-bodied. Red, green, red, green, not going anywhere. The price is pretty much staying the same, but you've got confluence factors. You've got the Suez Canal pushing the price up, but then you've got the poor COVID rollout in Europe and, you know, you know less economic growth. They're pushing it down. So it's just... You might have to have a it,
1: bit more of a chat yeah. about that mm-hmm. in yeah. the next yeah. section. But for now, talking about boats... One of the things that Cosec does a lot of is events, a lot of educational events, a lot of events for our clients and a lot of events for new people that are interested in what's happening in the market. Most recently, we've done an event on one of the cruise ships around, one of the ships around Sydney Harbour. It was a great event. It was a great day. Thank you for everyone that came along to that. We're going to show you a quick video of what that looked like. So that was the last boat event that we did it was a presentation we obviously did it on Sydney Harbour beautiful day we provided food alcohol and some entertainment in the form of a presentation on the stock market I uh, presented that and we talked a little bit about what investing in the future looks like what the investing landscape similar to the type of things that we discussing here today we were all present and we had a great time talking with various people now one of the questions that we got is we had so much demand for that we actually sold out our tickets quite quickly and we got asked are we going to put another one on so this time we are going to put another one on but we're going to do a bigger boat we're going to do more food we're going to do more alcohol and we're going to do an even bigger and better presentation take a look at where we're going next time So that's the next boat that we're going to be going on, that is Ghost 2, we're going to be going around Sydney Harbour again, it's going to be a fun filled day, we've got three hours out on the sea, obviously all food, all alcohol will be provided, and we will once again be doing a presentation. Now if you're interested in joining us, uh, tickets are limited, so please email through info at cosec.com.au, it is not going to be something you're going to want to miss. Let's now move over to currencies and commodities. All things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go round. Okay. We're only going to talk about two things here today, gents and lady. Okay. The first thing we're going to jump straight into is over to Mr. Mossman. Have a chat to us about gold because that ties in quite nicely with inflation. The traditional inflation hedge
2: Let's have a chat. What's what's it been doing? How are we looking? What do you think? Yeah, so I I did have a chat about inflation there and I kind of painted a scary future that inflation's coming. Uh, But in the near term, it's not something that's being reflected in the price of gold. Uh, And it's, you know, gold is rising and it's stabilised uh, at the level it's currently at, uh, but it's probably not going to be a huge impact near term. But I will state, however, gold miners, because you, you do have to separate miners from producers sometimes. And sometimes the price of a commodity could be going up and up and up but a producer can be going down, down, down and vice versa. So last week on the podcast, we really gave a shout out to a lot of gold producers and three in particular, actually. Uh, Newcrest, uh, Evolution and Northern Star. Northern Star was, I think you brought Northern Star, Gabe, was it? Now this morning, in fact, uh, we did get three institutional valuations for all three of those companies, which all have ups. And first and foremost, those companies have done
1: exceptionally well this week what's northern northern star must be up nearly 10 percent for the since we mentioned it i know evolution mining and Newcrest are also in positive territory when you consider the market's gone up one and a half percent that's a very very good return picking something yeah. at the bottom they've yeah. outperformed
2: the market this week those gold producers and gold has either gone down a little bit or it remained flat i can't give you the exact figure so it does go to show that you can pick businesses in a commodity space that go up despite what the uh, commodity itself is doing. So Credit Suisse gave Newcrest Mining uh, an outperform rating with 17% upside. Evolution was given an outperform rating with 5% outside upside, sorry. And Northern Star was given uh, another outperform rating with 24% upside. And Northern Star kind of very clear, Gabe. So Gabe, so you've probably got some insider our knowledge at these major institutions do you (laughs) buddy don't answer that (laughs) (laughs) don't answer that
1: ever stoic gabe ever
2: stoic
0: gabe
2: (laughs) but yeah no uh, unbelievable and uh, i think gold miners have something that's been undervalued by the market in recent times or Undervalued, And as we mentioned last week, you could be picking it up for a bit of a discount, which uh, a lot of major institutions would agree with as well.
1: And I mean, the, the logic behind getting Northern Star as a pick, I mean, we were always joking about, obviously we're joking about how the insider training, all that stuff. I mean, obviously that's yeah. not true. You can't for a big <laughs> company like that. But it was very logical why we picked that. For starters, it was the one that was the heaviest beaten down. It was on a two-year low. It had the most encouraging broker calls, and it was fresh off a merger of equals with Saracen. So we obviously bought it, and that's the one that we've been uh, buying for a lot of our clients. And it's certainly uh, moved into a positive direction. Let's jump straight over to Mr. Ryan there. Have a chat to us about sort of the other side, which is oil. Because I know we spoke a little bit about the ups and downs, ups and downs, the traffic light that we're sort of seeing. uh, Oh, we did. Uh, in uh, in uh, oil at the moment, have yep. a look. Let, let, what what is your take on that?
3: Well, let's uh, pull up the chart here just for the uh, the viewers sake so they can see where it's going. So you know, oil had a really massive run, right? So from the beginning of November, it went up around 89 percent. I think that's WTI. I, I imagine Brent to be around the same. So you know, a lot of that's driven by positivity with the vaccine. Um, even though, even despite you know Joe Biden entering as as uh, president of the US, oil still moved in a really positive direction as well, which was. You know, a little bit, uh, there was a little bit more uncertainty in regards to his policies uh, with oil, but still did really well. Then we have the situation now in Europe where there's lockdowns, as Louise pointing out, coming through in some of the major economies, uh, concerns about variants of COVID, things of that nature. So, always had a bit of a pullback, maybe to be expected, considering that a lot of that is driven by potentially future uh, demand expectations as opposed to what's really occurring in the real world mm-hmm. at this stage. Um, you know, even despite the OPEC cuts that we saw a little while ago as well. Uh, what's really bolstering it at this stage is that Suez Canal situation. Yeah, of
1: course. And that's creating the volatility, which of course, it's a dream for traders. I mean, if we we're going up 5% one day down, 5% the next day yeah. up 5%, I mean, all over the place, really.
3: Exactly, yeah. So there's a lot of volatility in the market. There's a lot of opportunities there, I guess, if you're going to be swinging oil. Um, but yeah, certainly that's what's driving the, uh, the vector or the vector that's driving the price of oil at this stage.
1: Very good. Right, let's go over to Caroline because I know you've had your BDI eye on oil. Recently again, that joke exists. I'm just going to keep saying that joke until you're just not uh, going to respond. Uh, yeah, you're just going to everyone's I'm just beat, beat us into you. submission. Yeah, I'm just going to beat you into submission until <laughs> eventually everyone laughs at, at my joke, at the joke, not at me. Let's uh let's go straight over to um iron ore. How are we doing with that? I think that's quite range bound at the moment. Yes, yeah,
4: not too good. So as of this morning, we're down one percent to 159. We can look at the chart that our producer has. So we're not too good starting yep. to peter off. Um, So the production cuts in China, they have weighed on prices, but there is an argument to be made. So because as China pushes hard towards renewable Mm -hmm. energy, so small iron ore players who emit a lot of carbon, they will not stand to benefit. So in this case, people will have a higher demand for higher grade iron ore, in which case Australian iron ore will benefit. Iron ore minus will benefit. But uh, more recently, like two days ago, preliminary trade figures were released. So um, exports were up 2%, that's good. Mm-hmm. However, our top export product that's iron ore was actually down 12%. So that's quite a massive drop.
1: It's, it's interesting because Fortescue Metal, mm-hmm. which is, excuse me, one of our favorite iron ore producers, that had a phenomenal run up. It was obviously one of the things we picked a lot on the, on the, on the podcast. I think it's up about 4% today, okay? Very, very low. It's had a big drop off. I think around twenty percent or so, in line with iron ore. Is this now support level? or Do we think it could potentially break down, uh, Mister Ryan? You look at charts a lot. Oh, yes. Are you concerned about something that's bounced off that two hundred? Do you think there might be another down leg?
3: Well, you no. Know, it's had again. It's another commodity which has had a really massive run. And if you look at all the industrial metals, iron ore, copper, nickel, um, I suppose cobalt as well. All these, all these metals had a really massive run up in you know let's just say the past yeah. eight months yeah. all done really well we have this macro catalyst with the uh, the chinese uh still making or pollution cuts in tangshan or i think it's the name of the city and you know moving forward there are some concerns regarding you demand for china urge a bit of
1: caution yeah maybe a little bit States. of caution
3: with metal i mean you know the prices of metals could potentially be a little bit overextended depending on what you're looking at mm. then you have brazil coming online all these things in confluence don't really bode well for us as one of the leading producers
1: might need to uh pick another mother mm-hmm. another commodity to talk about caroline i think uh, i think you might have done your dash on that one through there all right ladies and gentlemen i'd just like to have a, a quick chat now obviously that was our currencies and commodities we got a message today that our show kosek show which has been around about four months or so right now has actually gone straight to uh the top charts actually in the top 55 Uh, Podcasts, a finance podcast in Australia right now. It was actually announced. Now, if you want to check out what other shows are on there, okay, including our own, then you can go to the link that's in the description on the show, and uh, I think that might even be somewhere around around here as well. But feel free to jump on there and have a look at what other finance shows are out there as well, including our own. So, uh, very very good. And um, on top of that. I think everything should have been really, really moving in a positive direction. Once again, if you do have any questions or anything that you want to hear about in the show, if you have any video questions or anything you want us to really talk about, please let us know. More than happy to uh, answer any questions you have. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back with our sector performance. Don't go
5: anywhere.
6: The world changed this year. So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy.
0: Invest with COSEC, Kodari Securities. The LBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. Cosec uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, Cosec recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. In June, Cosec recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23%. In October, Cosec recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33%. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where Cosec can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to cosec.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today.
7: Humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve, using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to Cosec's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, Cosec has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients, opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with Cosec. Kadari Securities.
1: Welcome back. Let's move on to our next section now and have a look at what the best and worst performers of the week were. Caroline, straight over to you. Have a chat to us about your lovely
5: chat.
4: Yep. We'll jump straight into our lovely chat. So, best performing sector this week was healthcare, up four point six percent. So, a lot of the heavy lifting was done by CSL, up more than about four percent this week. So, might be because um, their locally manufactured vaccines are out. I for feel production. like that was
1: I feel like that was a stock that we picked relatively recently.
4: The next one is one <laughs> of the stocks that you picked as well, Sonic Healthcare. That was definitely SHL. a stock
1: that we picked on this so podcast. Th- that
4: was up about nine percent this week. I think they might be benefiting from a lot of COVID testing in Europe and yep. um, US. Another um, top of Performing sectors: utilities up three point five percent this week. AGL Energy has said that they will be constructing a large battery at its power station, given that there are limited margins in terms of coal. Mm-hmm. And finally, our worst performing sector it's actually <clears throat> not bad; it's just down flat. IT mm-hmm. down point one of a percent. So a lot of it was done by um, by now pay later players.
1: After pay. Afterpay is getting smoked. Like, it's actually
4: not that bad. Like for this week, they're down one yeah, percent. But, but it's gone market, from one sixty
1: to one twenty. Like mm-hmm. that's a Big drop off yep. for a stock oh, yes. like that. That's 10%. that's huge. And yeah. hey,
4: Morgan Stanley downgraded it to a target price of one hundred and twenty dollars. But did they? Yeah. I know
1: oh, UBS um, has issued a target yeah. price on Afterpay Touch of thirty eight dollars yeah. or something,
2: <laughs> cool. and everyone else is sitting around the one fifty yeah. double yeah. triple yeah. digit. Come up at one sixty. That's a seventy five percent drop off in share price. So yeah, that's pretty big call.
1: What What do you guys think? Well, in terms of uh, areas of value, thinking health tech might be ready for a rebound because that got absolutely hammered throughout uh, all of twenty twenty. Is has anyone seen in the literature that there's this uh, theory of thought that if a if a sector or a stock underperforms in one year, the next year they tend to do quite well? Is that an urban myth, or has anyone sort of seen that? Or
3: what literature? What literature does that derive from?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just uh, just stimulating a bit of conversation here.
2: <laughs> uh, look, I, Louis, a lot of those statistics can be pretty hard to actually prove when it comes to proving complete causality. Uh, in fact, mm. but health didn't do very makes, well last uh, year it, it share, makes so. it, make, it makes sense it makes sense I, I believe that when you it doesn't it's not a proven fact that if it goes down it's definitely going to go up but if it goes down there's a lot of times you can pick things up in an area of value much like we've done for tech two or three weeks ago in great businesses like altium uh, and appen as well which have done over 15 percent since we spoke about them on the podcast so it doesn't mean everything's going to go up but things get sold off heavily Um, obviously you can pick them up for a discount when they get sold off irrationally. So that's the biggest difference, I suppose, to derive.
1: So this is what you guys think, this is what I think and everything. Do you wanna see what they say on the street? Let's find out what they say on the street. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go to our next section now, Street Walks, Street Talks.
7: This is Street Walks, Street Talk. I mean, our beautiful city of Sydney, going around, seeing what people think about the stock market.
4: Quick question, just wondering, are you currently investing or interested in the stock market? And if so, do you have any tips for us?
6: <laughs> no, no, I'm always interested in the stock market, always. And um, tips, oh, gee, I don't know. I, I just stick to the blue chip with dividends and um, and tax breaks. That's, that's what I'm looking for because I'm retired. I don't. I'm look, not looking for easy gains. Yeah. Uh,
4: lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
6: yeah. I'm having a good time. Life's good for me. <laughs>
8: Hold cash.
4: Hold cash. Hold any cash time any leave. companies you'd invest with that cash? Any what? Any companies you'd invest with that cash?
8: Um, Amp.
4: Amp. Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. Um, few announcements to be made uh, in the short term. So yeah, keep a, keep an eye out. Are you? And don't believe the rumors that you that you read in Afr. That's it. Yeah.
4: Are you um, working for AMP and p Yeah, that- we are.
8: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we work for AMP all of us. So. Well, you just got to be careful about, well, I would say a bit of frugality is a little, uh, required, but also a bit of uh, risk taking. So, again, when you talk about investments, are you talking about financial investments or just personal investment? In- i
7: guess whatever whatever you're most interested in
8: well in that case it's always about taking a bit of risk right if you're going to go into something full on head-on focused you need to put a little bit of risk in there and be able to take calculated risk to be able to make that decision if you don't you're never going to get the reward out of it so if you take a piece if you take a thousand dollars you know you might lose those thousand dollars but you might also gain another thousand dollars from it yeah so it's always a chance but it's, if you don't take it, you'll never find out. Yeah. So that's my uh, motto in life. If yeah. you don't do it, you never know. And, and what's so. the biggest return you've ever had? Biggest risk? Yeah. Uh, well, I could say I did shift, um, let's say uh, 50% of my portfolio to a much more riskier investment, which kind of panned out pretty well. Uh, but of course, there was, it was a long-term investment. Okay. So I always go for growth and value rather than just a fast buck so that's pretty much my view on things so you're not a trader you're definitely an investor yeah i'm an investor i'm not a trader so you know that's that's pretty much my way of going so
1: so that was street walks street talks all right panel what do we think? That was pretty pretty interesting. I think the first guy that we spoke to, obviously quite a savvy investor. He's retired. He's looking for tax breaks and he's looking <laughs> for the blue chippy ones. Obviously here at Kosek, we don't give advice on tax. It's not something that we talk about a lot. However, I can let you know that our boat cruise is fully tax deductible. As is memberships, So, if you are interested in taking a bit of a tax break, please uh, please email us at info at cosec.com.au and fully tax deductible. But talk to us about blue chips, um, Mr. Mossman or Caroline.
2: I think uh, you know a lot of investors and especially people, as he mentioned, in retirement are looking for that consistent income uh, and you know stream of income to keep their and support their lifestyle. <coughs> the problem is with that if you if you're looking completely on a portfolio designated to hundred percent dividend paying stocks that you can run into a period of time like COVID-19 where your dividends are going to get hurt and that stream of income can be impacted significantly. And over time, it has been shown that a lot of the time companies, growth companies do outperform a yield on dividend paying stocks. So it is important to diversify yourself as well. We can't give any sort of personal advice in that yeah, sense. Yeah, but course. you know, holding businesses that both have the potential to get capital gains and dividend
1: One of the big things that we do a lot with clients that come across to us, maybe from self-managed superannuation funds or something like that, is they want to give a good mix of growth. They want to get growth, which is something that COSEC does very well. We identify good growth stocks like the Northern Star, etc., they've all gone up, but they want to maintain their dividends. So we can actually we actually select the top dividend paying stocks, the ones that are looking the best. All sort of going, we sort of operate this sort of core satellites approach where we have a core of dividend paying and we have this growth on top of that. Do you think that's sort of a wise thing for a person maybe to, to tweak things? What do you think, Gabe?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's always good to, you know, have a look at different options for yourself. I mean, the only, I think, issue really with dividend paying stocks is that, you know, while they may have higher dividend yields, as we pointed out in growth propositions, you might get better capital return. And not only, uh, that, but if you're holding a stock that pays dividends, you're also subject to the fluctuations in the price of the particular company, right? Mm-hmm. So while it may pay a good dividend, the actual value of the position may not be worth the risk of hanging on to it for so long.
1: But this whole idea of blue chips, and I think there is going to be a movement away from the traditional blue chips like the Wes Farmers and the CSL and all that kind of stuff, and more into these sort of the new round of blue chips, which are going to be the ones that uh, have got growth in them, but they're also relatively stable, well situated with the ASX 200. Uh, and you know, moving in a positive direction. Yeah, yeah what well, was course. one of the? Yeah, does that sort of make yeah, sense? Of yeah, absolutely. makes a lot of sense. One of the other things we got asked about was it lithium. Did he? Did we speak about mm-hmm. lithium?
3: I think that was mentioned. Yeah. yeah.
1: What do we think about lithium, Caroline?
4: Um, good, good space. Like what we heard last week about uranium. Mm-hmm. I think we got we were, we were in it last year, like um the start of last year, January. Yeah, it was one of our big
1: big positions. we took Yeah, we, uh,
4: a, a lot of money. Like earn a lot of very fast moving stocks. It um. Very high growth as well. I think the one we got into was Cobra. We have um, the chart for it as well. Sticker code O R E.
1: We got that bringing up on the mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's done. That's done uh, very so that's, very well. That
4: steep hike up there was when we were in it. Yeah. And another one that we were in was um, Galaxy Resources. Sticker code G X Y.
1: Galaxy. So both in the lithium space. Mm. I think it's interesting about lithium kind both of these companies actually don't make money. Yeah, uh, the financials are very very. Very, very poor. Obviously, it's a bit of a buzz thing that's going on. So that's an area where we could see some potential growth. Mm. Uh, one of the uh, one of the people we spoke to, or one of the people that our producers spoke to, was um, spoke about cash, holding cash at the moment. Thoughts on that? Louis, Gabe, holding cash.
2: What's my return on my savings account? That would scare me if it was just sitting in cash completely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cash, it's very safe. People feel very secure holding cash um but uh, we we mention this all the time that the most sophisticated and wealthy people in australia and across the world do invest their money whether it's in any asset class obviously we're specializing in the stock market um but uh, holding your money completely in cash it's not going to go anywhere and at the end of the day um your real returns are going to be almost negative if inflation picks up because you're getting absolutely no return Mm. and your money and your purchasing power of that money is going to go backwards
1: now you said to me something interesting today now obviously full full disclosure here you are from Ireland so you're very well equipped with your, your whiskey but you said that whiskey is the highest <laughs> returning yes um, of course. Hi- what, what did you
2: say to me it's the highest returning alternative asset class so you, you know people have they might invest in very rare coins or yep. uh, you know postcard stamps all those kind of you know weird and wacky artwork as well whiskey uh, especially you know uh, Scot- uh, old Scotch whiskey bottles have been the highest returning alternative asset class. Oh, no, was I know it's just every weekend, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: like I'm, I'm well, I'm going to jump on board with that
2: one. Yeah, yeah I've got I probably definitely as another person in that segment mentioned probably a little bit more risky, uh, whiskey. Uh, I mean, it's not that necessary, yeah. um, of course, risky whiskey, as Caroline pointed out. Uh, and that gentleman in particular, he did, uh, you know, discuss a lot about risk. And I think that's a, a point that should be something that all new investors consider. Uh, over the past 12 months, COVID-19, of course, we have observed uh, that so many new investors have entered the market, especially uh, impacted by stimulus checks being given out to younger people. Yeah, of course, and they're of course. investing for the first time. So yes, there are risks inherent investing in the stock market and everyone should know that going in there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can marry up Risk and return appropriately if you take an intelligent and sophisticated approach to making that investment. So
1: and, and to be fair with you, Mo, that's what a lot of clients use ourselves for—is working on keeping the risk nice and low. It's why we we tend to focus more on the ASX 300 listed companies, keep that risk nice and low. A lot of people don't want—they want to be able to sleep at night. Uh, yeah, of course. I think someone once said to me that's why they don't get involved in Bitcoin is because they want to be able <laughs> to sleep at night. Yeah, of course. Yeah, or we'll wake up in the next morning and see that you're up thirty percent. One or the other. Let's chat to one of the gentlemen there or let's talk about one of the gentlemen there spoke about, um, I think the guy talked about cash, but he also talked about AMP. Now, I, for one, was around 2017, 2018 on the uh, the Your Money channel and also Sky Business. There was a lot of, and AMP was getting absolutely thrashed. Is it now, is this a good company that maybe has just been a bit unfairly beaten down and maybe could be able to turn around? I mean, obviously the gentleman there is uh, obviously works for AMP. I, for one, applaud anyone that goes to, to vouch. I mean, it shows an enormous amount of loyalty that you can sit there and say, you know, there's good things to come. Yeah. It's been a bit irrationally sold down.
2: Yeah, well, I think you mentioned a good point there about what you read in the AFR. is isn't always 100% true. Yeah. And that's something that we also consider and discuss, that there's a lot of noise when investing in the stock mm. market. And, uh, a lot of our CEOs are famous for saying you've got to say, you block out the noise. Yeah, of course. Um, because everyone's got an agenda sometimes when they're mentioning things, especially on... AFR, Wall Street Journal, you've got to take everything with a grain of salt and at the end of the day make an informed investment decision based on your own uh, analysis. So look, AMP Capital, they have been one of the largest companies in Australia for a very long time. uh, Recently, of which, as he mentioned, they have had a lot of negative press. Their share price has been heavily beaten down. And admittedly, it's not a company that we're covering very extensively to be a turnaround story like a lot of those gold miners and beating down tech stocks absolutely, speaking. Absolutely.
1: I think one of the things I always like to do is uh, put people on the spot through there. so I'm going to put Gabe on the spot right now. If someone came up to you, if Tegan and uh, Tim, the terrific Tim and the terrific Tegan came up to you and said, what's your hot pick?
3: what would it be? It probably wouldn't be AMP. <laughs> if
2: if you had a million dollars to invest in an asset class or one Ooh. asset right now, what would it be? One, one asset.
1: One asset, one asset, yeah. Well, I mean, now, obviously, market, that is going entirely <laughs> well, against the
3: uh, uh, look, uh, no,
1: let's have one sector, let's talk about a sector because this 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 is the section on the sectors, mm, yeah. Okay, yeah. so which sector would you go into?
3: I mean, this is a very multifaceted question. I mean, so many considerations. I right. mean, a million bucks probably. Maybe, maybe some some of the IT companies and certain IT companies as well.
1: So you're tech, cause yeah, of the beaten tech, yeah. Tech. I'm not
3: talking about the, the buy now pay later's, uh, but you know maybe some. Is that tech down. or is
1: that now fintech? Like, uh, it's <laughs> IT, you know. It's it's it's
3: it's, in, it's 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 you know put underneath the uh, the umbrella of IT, but uh, yeah, I think some of the beaten down tech players, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's some of the beaten down specifically. Oh uh, yeah,
3: Altium App, and um, I think those maybe been... Data Three. Yeah, I know, and Data I that's Three. The data Three is need. one as well. Maybe yeah. even TNE. That's not as beaten down. That's though. not
1: as beaten down. That's actually had a bit of a run. That's up.
3: one. I mean, that's a company which has uh, amazingly consistent financials. Telstra. Maybe Telstra as well. Maybe some some of those. If you want, if you want to get in some of that blue chips we were discussing, I mean Telstra could be one which you uh, would consider as well.
0: Yeah,
1: and obviously in terms of sectors, uh, healthcare sector is one that's sort of starting to have a big, big turnaround. Those gold miners are starting to look very, very good. Talk to me about retail, Caroline. Talk to me about the retail space. Is it sort of done and dusted? Are we sort of away from all of that? Because Kogan's really having a rough time of it. Uh, So I don't know. Obviously, I think JB Hi-Fi is on an all-time high. But uh, apart from that, like the, it's been a bit muted. Correct. In terms I of think the, if,
4: you, if you just talk about Kogan, if you just put um, Kogan's competitor beside it, Temple and Webster, yeah. Temple and Webster has perf, uh, performed much better than what Kogan is doing.
1: Yeah, so. but not last year, though. Kogan did yeah. very, very well last year. Yeah, I'm but
4: there. at its current point in time, I, I think Kogan's very, relatively lack last sort of performance.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, well they, have, they haven't bottomed out, as per se. It's going to be the start of an amazing turnaround, but they're definitely, I think, a great business. And moving forward... I can't guarantee anything, but I think moving forward, they will be a very strong company for many, many years. How
1: can, how can they not be? When you think about it logically, exactly. if we take it right back to the whole Warren Buffett, have they got a good product, kind of bare bones, top down, like proper, proper. I, I put proper, that
2: Kogan straight in there. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. what do they do? They take normal products and they make them cheaper by white labeling them. They do. I mean, who doesn't want that? Yeah. I mean, and everyone. And
2: e-commerce as well, it's yeah, a like, trend yeah. that's only developing new so, new.
1: So you can go to a store and buy a TV or you can buy it on Kogan for cheaper. Seems pretty logical to me as we kind of go in there and stuff like that. But I think there could be more selling to go between now and then. All right. That's the best and worst on the ASX this week. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe average in? Why not send us a message and we can ask our panel? In the meantime, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our final section of the show.
6: How do you get the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea. Michael Kadari forms COSEC. Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue. Named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the COSEC Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit COSEC.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients.
9: Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organization, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency, full transparency accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. Their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, work with an organization that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organization you believe in. Work with an organization that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organization that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Cosec Kadari Securities.
10: Kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits, we had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said Imagination is everything, it is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Cosec is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Cosec Kadari Securities.
1: Welcome back. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, the final section of the Cosec Show. So this is what investors are really looking for. We know what oil, gold, and the rollers done this week. We know what the top performers for the week were. Now let's find out what our panel is looking at for the week to come. And we're going to go straight over to the ever mystic, Mr. Louis Mossman. What are you looking at this week, and why do you like it so much for the
2: week to come? Of well, course. So in a theme of, I suppose, picking a lot of businesses that have been heavily beaten down, I've got another one um, coming at you, Magellan Financial. Mm-hmm. Now they're a diversified uh, investment firm. Uh, that have a range of different funds operating across the world in a variety of different markets sectors and businesses so um, they're headed by Hamish Douglas and he's I suppose, one of the wealthiest men in Australia, I believe he- He's absorbs. in the top, he's
1: 220, uh, re, uh, he's in the top 220.
2: 220, I, I thought he was a bit higher than that. Oh yeah, yeah he's uh, in yeah. the top 220,
1: yeah. I think he's probably the 50, but I know I was reading yeah. the top the 220. Yeah, of course, so I,
2: I think they've been identified most definitely as one of the top performing investment firms in Australia over the last 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm and their share price has been heavily beaten down over the last three months and they
1: percent down That's from all-time I think,
2: highs i think you might have it there exactly well uh, and of course i do believe they've found some sort of level of support so again a lot of these businesses have been beaten down heavily sold off and there might be i suppose a chance that they are undervalued now i do share that opinion with a lot of other players in the market so a lot of major institutions uh, do show a lot of love for Magellan. Morgan's give it twenty six percent upside with an ad rating. City twenty two percent, and as well uh twelve point five. So again, another business like Appen I mentioned last week. You could be picking up for a bit of a discount. It has got a very strong track record. Is loved by the market, and as well uh, could do quite well moving forward, probably in the medium term.
1: Yeah. Is there any credence to the idea that it is a financial company, obviously it is a competitor in some respect to Morgan Stanley and Morgans, et cetera. Is there any credence to the fact that it's actually been upgraded by its competitors? Does that say a lot about the business or is that just all urban
2: myth? At the end of the day, I think investment firms have a pretty stringent, stringent way yeah, they of they, they're investing, modeling. If they're investing in that business, then they say as an investment, not a competitor. Uh, so at the end of the day, Commonwealth Bank, they're not investing in Westpac, but it's an investment at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if they're competitive. If they get a return out of investing in it, I'm sure they don't really like
1: it. Did we have a chart of, of uh, Magellan? Uh,
2: I believe we do have a chart of Magellan there. As you can see, it has found a sort of level of support and... Uh, is, that, is, that a, is, that, is
1: that a FIB? Is that a FIB retracement level that it's on right now? Uh, or we've seen a bit of I movement. I don't
2: believe it's on the chart there, but it has, I think, bounced off a significant uh, FIB level uh, and it has made a higher low as well. And it's continuing high. So again, a, a business I think that can do very well in the medium to long term, and a company to keep a close eye for.
1: Very good. All right, let's jump over to Mr. Ryan. What are you looking at, and why do you like it so much for the week to come?
3: Well, say that I'm fomoing into healthcare, but I like uh, the look of Fisher and Paykel. Now that's FPH for all you people who want to look it up on uh, on your own. Um, now their big their big offering is, of course, you know the treatment of sleep apnea.
1: So it's not, it's not the, now uh, it's not, it's a New Zealand company, but it's not the, it's not the white goods. So it's not the white goods, like the fridges and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the health, the
3: healthcare, healthcare uh, healthcare devices. So, you know, I mean, this maybe a little bit more of a macro player, but naturally uh, sleep apnea is a condition which affects a lot of people. And mainly people that have very thick necks or people that are morbidly obese or obese. Right. And globally. This is a trend which is on the up.
1: Suddenly got very self conscious about my neck.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of um, martial artists have very uh, yeah, serious I, issues I, with sleep apnea because oh, really? of it. Yeah. Uh, is that right? they train the necks a lot to make, yeah, to avoid getting of course, choked yeah, and of stuff. Course, yeah. And uh, it can actually result in breathing issues long term. Mm. So, not just for obese people, but also for those who are <laughs> gifted with thick necks or yeah, cursed with because, thick necks, yeah. depending on your perspective. But, um, you know, long term, uh, obesity rates are skyrocketing, especially in the Western world. And a lot of consumer demand for these products are in the Western world as well. Moving forward, we're coming out of COVID. Uh, maybe hospitals are a little bit more cashed up to be investing mm-hmm. in these things. People, again, as Louise pointed out, we're a little bit more stimied up. Mm-hmm. We have more cash, potentially able to spend a little bit more on these types of products. And yeah, I think it's something that you take advantage of these broader trends. And FPH situated within the market could do quite well.
1: Yeah, we've got a chart for that one there as well.
3: Yeah, we've got the chart there as well. So, I mean, you can see it's a little bit range-bound. You might even say uh, a little bit lower. Um, it's a bit off the all-time high. I think it's roughly 15 16% to get to the top there. But then again, uh, you know, moving forward with those broader trends, I think this is a company which can really take advantage of what's happening globally. So you're
1: saying that stock might be starting to wake up a little bit? <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> you could yeah, say that. Be. Yeah, you could say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So You could say obesity's is on the rise and so's Fisher & Paykel. That, that uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially. No? Yeah. Am I getting worse? I'm like, worse. <laughs> oh, so just, today have, depends on how you started. Compared yeah, to you it's, started, up, it's, it's an off day. It's day. Let's <laughs> jump straight over to Caroline. Let's let's redeem me. What have we got, Caroline? I
4: don't think you can redeem yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one we've brought before. It's data three Limited. Ticket code DTL. It's an IT services and solutions provider. So some of the solutions they provide include cloud, connectivity, and security. So macroeconomically speaking, it makes sense for Data3 to benefit because people are working, uh, shifting towards working from home. And so uh, companies would therefore resort to cloud-based platforms to ensure that their operations run smoothly. Um, Data3 is also the largest um, Australian reseller of Microsoft computers. So there's a reasonable assumption to be made that people will continue using computers. Oh, very Thank good. You. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So financial is very fin- uh, financially stable. Sales earnings operating margin increasing for the past three years. Um, I think the the charts are what make it look really, really attractive. It's been on a downward trend since November 2020. Mm -hmm. Hit a ninth month low. um, Bounce back, looking to consolidate and trying to rebound. Mm -hmm. So it's 21% to the next high and then 42% to its all-time high. So a lot of growth potential.
1: Wow, you've got a lot of data on that one. And those are all three very good stock picks. So did that. You got a lot of data on that one, and they're all three data three. Um, Don't worry. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Good. Ladies and gentlemen, on that happy note, thank you very much for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone here at the show, I want to wish our clients, friends, and colleagues a safe and happy weekend. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The COSIC Show. My name is Will Brownlee, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.